Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. The king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed, presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Papas and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome to Unleashed from BetMGM, the king of sports books, and Giannis. What a weekend for New York sports. The Giants and Jets both won in overtime and avoid going 0-4. It's the first time both teams have won on the same day in nearly two years. That is absolutely wild. And then the Yankees won on a walk-off single to clinch a wild card spot. So Giannis, did you forget how to celebrate properly? Because I can teach you as a Packer and Chiefs fan what it's like to just win and celebrate. <laughs> it's been a long time. Even with the Yankees, it's been a long time. So mm-hmm. let's go Yankees. And yes, congratulations to the Giants and Jets. What a weekend from New York. We needed it. Yeah, I think you did. I think you personally needed it. But it's such a great time of the year in sports where we kind of get this buffet of options, right? The NFL and college football are in full swing. NBA and NHL seasons begin soon. That's just a few weeks away. And we've got a huge heavyweight boxing match this weekend. Fury v. Wilder, Saturday night in Vegas. I'll be there. I'll be ringside with our BetMGM family. I can't wait to attend my first fight. And maybe more importantly... I'm really excited to scan the crowd for big celebs. Who do you think I'm going to see? Oh man, everybody could be there. Who knows? It's it's a I mean, this is this is the thing about boxing that really annoys me. I mean, we've, we've been waiting for this fight for so long. We've been wa- we always wait for fights. So, I mean, it could be every celebrity from Los Angeles flies in. Yeah. They got nothing to do. Hollywood shut down. There was just a big strike, so who knows? They could all be there. We might even <laughs> see Jake Paul. You know what? That does nothing for me. Like to me, I, he could walk in a room and I'd barely recognize him. I'm serious. Yeah, I hear you. 
I know I'm the minority there, but I'm talking more like what Real Housewives are going to be there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. We have the perfect guest to help us preview this fight. He's credited with pulling off what may be the greatest upset in sports history. One of the men who once held the belt, former undisputed heavyweight champ Buster Douglas joins the show. I can't wait to pick his brain and of course, have some fun with him. Now, Giannis, I wasn't born in 1990 when he upset Mike Tyson. Do you remember where you were when this happened? Yeah, I was a full adult when this happened. That's the age difference between me and you. Like uh, I was in, uh, what was it? Eighth grade or ninth grade. Okay. I remember it was, yeah, I remember where I was for the OJ trial. I remember where I was for this. This was, that's how big this moment was. Mike Tyson was absolutely indestructible at that point. Nobody and their mother gave Buster Douglas a chance to win. Mm. And when he when he won, like it was one of those things where everyone was calling everyone. There was no Internet then. Believe it. I'm from a time before the Internet. And so the news didn't spread as quick. And you had to find out from a friend. And plus, it was in Tokyo. So it wasn't televised. Yeah, you couldn't watch it. And so it kind of trickled out slowly. And everyone was in shock. Everyone just kind of walked outside and looked around like, does anything make sense? Everyone just walked out their door and looked around and waited to tell their neighbor the news. Like, what? Did you have to wait for the nightly news that night to find out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to, that was back when local news was big. You know? Okay. Chucky Scarborough was the biggest star in New York City. Okay. You know, I have so many more questions to ask you about the late 80s and early 90s. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Plus, at the end of the show, we're going to cut right to the chase and give you great betting insight for this weekend slate with Peter Andrew from BetMGM. And you know, we're going to reveal who lost our punishment picks and who has to read the outro written for them by the oh. winner. I've lost the last three, Giannis. I'm eager for a little redemption because I think my mother will ground me if I read your crass <laughs> language on air one more time. And my mom would say crass. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, Olivia, this is just a fluke. Don't get used to it. Okay. Looking forward to it. You know, one person who didn't win this week was our bad beat of the week. It's our man, Aaron Bailey. Bad beat of the week. He got eight of nine in a one-game parlay, Bengals and Jags, Thursday Night Football. The one that he didn't get was Jamar Chase to score any time, which seemed like a good bet. Chase got two touchdowns the week before and is obviously a favorite of Joe Burrows. They went from LSU to Cincy together. So tough luck, my man, Aaron, getting eight of your nine. That sucks. That's so close. Mm. But you actually did win here because listen to this. He only bet 10 bucks on this whole parlay. And BetMGM is going to give him 100 for submitting his bad beat. So look, as long as Twitter doesn't go down, make sure you submit your bad beat of the week to at BetMGM and you too can win $100 at BetMGM. We'll announce it on the show. Not a bad payday for my man, Aaron. Not at all. Not at all. Congrats, Aaron. I like it. You know, now it's our favorite segment of the show, Giannis. I love this part. It's time for us to go off on one topic we feel passionately about this week. Giannis, let's unleash. It's time to unleash. Okay, I want to go first this week. I mentioned earlier things are really shaping up in college football, and we're going into week six in a 12-game season, which is crazy. So I know you follow the NFL a little bit closer than college football, and that's very East Coast of you, Giannis. So let me fill you in. Mm -hmm. My alma mater, the University of Georgia, looks like the best team in the country, and they're still 
number two in the national rankings behind Alabama, which is infuriating. So let me spell this out why this is so crazy. They're five and oh, which other teams in the country are too. But Georgia has two top five wins. And, you know, in college football, it's all about how you win because there's a committee who seeds everyone for the playoff. And it really is kind of opinion based. They'll have numbers back up their opinion, but you've got to win big. You've got to run up the score, right? Even when you don't have to, because you have to have these statement wins. Well, they opened the season against number three, Clemson. Clemson, who everyone touts every preseason, they held them to just a field goal. And then last weekend, they had ESPN game day there, home game, a lot of pomp and circumstance. And they shut out number eight, Arkansas, who everyone was saying is this blossoming giant in the SEC. Arkansas was kind of becoming the sweetheart of the SEC. Well, Georgia won 37 to zero without their starting quarterback, Giannis. Wow. Look at this. Alabama has faced zero top 10 teams. The best they got was Miami week one and Florida, who went on to lose to Kentucky this weekend. They've also allowed two touchdowns from both Mercer. Do you even know where Mercer is, Giannis? No, I know Ron Mercer, (laughs) the basketball player, and that's about it. (laughs) Okay, Mercer's in Atlanta in Southern Miss. Currently, they have no top 10 teams on their remaining schedule. So that means unless one of their future opponents really shoots up there, they're not going to beat a top 10 team all season. And you just watch. They're still going to be number one in the AP poll week after week while Georgia is putting together this monster resume with stiffer competition. I mean, do you get it? How frustrating that is? It does sound frustrating to me. And so does this college football system. It's stupid. (laughs) You know, it is kind of stupid. That's why they're going to expand the playoff. And there's going to be a lot of change to college football. We have touched on it in this show. And I know you went to American University. I'm pretty sure they don't even have a football team. So are you ready to become an honorary Georgia Bulldogs fan for the rest of the season? I am. And I have to correct you. It's the American University Ah. like it is the Ohio State. Yeah, we don't have a football team. It was a small school of 5,000. So I am a free agent. And you know, I am now a Georgia Bulldog and I am also a Toronto Raptor. Yes. Well, we need national advocates because everyone is blinded by the houndstooth of Alabama. Okay, Giannis, I feel better. Now it's your turn. Yeah. And you're justified, Olivia. You know, that that's a, this is one time again where heart and head They align. So I'm with you, girl. I'm with you, girl. Let's go, Georgia. Yeah. All right. Now time to talk about something that nobody has talked about. Mm -hmm. It's on nobody's mind. Mm -hmm. Urban Meyer, my man, who I would love to grab a beer with, brother. (laughs) I'd love to meet you down in Jacksonville and hit a bar and get some lap dances together. Give the guy a break, man. I mean, we live in such an era of snitches. Mm -hmm. I mean... He's Urban Meyer. He's been a cocky asshole his whole life. This is not shocking. He went out and he 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 unwinded a little bit. Maybe that's when he gets his best thinking done. When he goes to his restaurant, he eats a nice fat steak, and he gets a lap dance from a 25-year-old. Big deal. It's got nothing to do with their football, even though they are 0-4. If they were 4-0, right, he, I think he would still get in trouble for this. That's why I don't like this. This is just gossipy news. He's a football coach. He's not a politician. Mm -hmm. He's not a religious leader. Leave him alone. And can people please stop filming everything? Let the Mm -hmm. guy get a lap dance. Big deal. It's between him and his wife. And that's it. I mean, think about it. 
JFK used to have hooker pool parties at the White House. Okay, that's a known fact. But he also saved the world from a nuclear war by having back channel negotiations with Khrushchev with the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, you know, if JFK was around now, he would have got canceled and maybe the world would be blown up. I mean, Hmm. just leave it alone. I mean, Martin Luther King used to cheat on his wife, too, but he was the greatest civil rights leader this country has ever known. So this is cancel culture to me. This is irrelevant. It's got nothing to do with football. You know, he's got a rookie quarterback. They're 0-4. He will figure it out. He will turn it around in his second year or third year if he's not fired for this. I don't know what's going on, but this is what you call bullshit. Yeah, I think the young woman at the bar was just giving him some unnecessary roughness. <laughs> yeah, you know, or maybe listen, maybe she is a football savant like you and she was giving him a few tips and mm. the bar's very loud. You know how bars can get yeah. loud, right? So maybe they just had to get very close so he could hear her. I bet that was it. You know what? You're right. And I think she had like a, a hidden playbook or something in the back pocket of her jeans. Maybe that was it. That might have been it. <laughs> No, look, this is this is my take on this. I I don't feel like we should politicize or glamorize athletes or coaches and make them this moral compass. I've thought that for a long time, like whatever the hot topic of the day, I don't feel like we need to demand athletes and coaches, regardless if they are role models, if kids wear their jerseys, that's great. They are entertainers. We pay money to watch them entertain. They don't need to be our moral compass. If you want a moral compass, read philosophy, go to church. Don't look at Urban Meyer for what's right and what's wrong. I just, I don't think that his marriage is any of our business. And I cannot believe reporters at an actual press conference asked if he apologized to his family. That has nothing to do with football. That has nothing to do with us. We don't know their marriage. Plenty of people have different types of marriages and his wife has been liking tweets that have been having fun with this whole thing. So I, I have a hard time believing that the family is very distraught over him kind of canoodling with a young woman at a bar. Another thing, these camera phones everywhere, you know, he's not doing things that other people are not. Again, doesn't make it right or wrong, but I think in general, if he's being reprimanded at all, it's kind of like, dude, be smarter. Don't be in public. There are tons of people. He was taking posed pictures with people. So I think that's interesting. One thing that does look bad from a team perspective is he didn't fly home with the team. That happens a lot, you know, in sports, if you do have a bye week and off week and people end up going to do stuff with their family or whatever, but not a good look that then he stayed in Columbus. He stayed in Ohio and, and did that. But I have a friend on the team. I texted him. What's the vibe? They don't care. They're fine. This You better believe his players are not upset at his moral judgment over this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really like people got to stop filming. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because in comedy, you know, Dave Chappelle takes everyone's cell phone before he does any show. Mm. And it's like people just stop recording and live your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, stop making movies out of everything. Can you imagine if Lawrence Taylor like had to deal with people having cameras while he was, you know, drinking in between games and, and, you know, occasionally smoking a little crack rock, big deal. You know, he still did his job on the football field and is the best defensive player of all time. We got to stop this puritanical purge and let football players be football players. It's a stressful job. Jesus. 
That all being said, if it was my husband or my dad, I'd be livid. So again, this isn't my take on how he behaved. He behaved poorly and it's embarrassing and it's a bad look. That being said, I don't think that's the media's business. I don't think that's anything to do with football, the way he's coaching or his team. And he has a really spotty track record as is. So this is not the first blooper in his reel, let's just say. Yeah, well, listen, Kevin Harlan, let's get a beer together, man. (laughs) At least we're in the same age bracket, so I'll make sure there's no cell phones. Yeah, you're going to be bored to death if you go get a beer with my dad. It's not going (laughs) to be like going to get a beer with Urban Meyer. (laughs) Let me tell you something. He's my favorite announcer. And I, I've said that many times and I mean it. It would not be boring. I would love to pick his brain about sports. Yeah. And yeah. also about his daughter. How did she become so talented and great? Oh, see, now you're just sucking up to me because, you know, you lost punishment picks and, you know, I'm writing your outro and you want me to be kind. But let's move on and get to this weekend's fight. And let's bring in someone who knows what they're talking about. A former heavyweight champ, Buster Douglas, is coming up. Let's bring in our guest. He's a former heavyweight champion of the world and pulled off one of the greatest upsets of all time when he knocked out an undefeated Mike Tyson in 1990. James Buster Douglas is here. Buster, thanks so much for joining the show. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm having a good time. Good, good. You know, I want to just take you back to that moment. I know you've been asked every question under the sun about that fight, but it was your second shot at the title, a second chance. First time was against Tony Tucker, and you were actually given more of a chance in that fight, not so much the second time around against Tyson. Do you think that helped you? We look at that chip on the shoulder a lot in sports. Did that help? I think the motivation was definitely there because, like you said, I had a a little better appreciation for it after having my first title shot. And I was really excited about it and more determined than ever to succeed. Buster, I was, uh, you know, that was, I mean, that fight shocked the world. I remember I got a call. I remember where I was for that. I remember where I was for the OJ verdict. I mean, that was big news when I was in high school. You were, you were on a six fight win streak, though. I mean, you were looking the best you ever looked. Everyone and the media was talking about how this was going to be just another tune up fight. For Tyson, but do you think Tyson knew that he had his hands full considering how good you looked preceding that fight? I mean, you were looking good six in a row. Yeah, I was uh, really worked hard and uh, prepared, you know, put my all effort into it and uh, was really excited about getting an opportunity to fight for the title again. I was more determined than ever and I felt very confident going into the fight. Did you talk any shit to him in the ring? No, no. You just went to work. I was always told not to run off at the mouth. Yeah, just went to work, let my hands go. Let my hands do the talking. (laughs) I like that. So much has been written about that fight. What's something that fans or media may be surprised to know about that night in Tokyo? Well, the fight was actually at noon. Mm. You know, at 12 o'clock noon, Tokyo time. And, uh... We were preparing and training around that time to enter the ring at noon. We, we, we trained at noon every day. I got up and ran at 8 in the morning, mm. ate breakfast, and went back to take a little nap, and then went back to the gym. So by at 12 o'clock, I was preparing for the fight every day. 
When you were out there in Japan, I mean, you're training, you're burning a lot of calories, you got to eat. Uh, did you eat sushi? Are you a fan of sushi? Was the food weird? <laughs> Not at all. No, I, I eat uh, American food. Oh, they had American you know, food out there. And steak. Yeah, they had American food. I was basically the same diet I was on when I was in the United States. Uh, have you ever tried sushi, though? No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel you. Not my cup of tea. I like, I like, like f- flames under my food. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Buster, how much did your life change after that fight? I mean, all of a sudden you're a household name from boxing fans and beyond. I'm sure you just went on a total circus of a media tour and met all these people. What was the biggest change? Well, just like you said, it was just a media circus. And I was in high demand. Everybody wanted to talk to me and know who I was and where I came from. It was like I was an alien from another planet. (laughs) Buster, you know what's interesting about that fight? Not only did you beat Tyson, but you really set the blueprint for how to beat him afterwards by keeping him at bay with the jab, keeping him away, jab, 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 jab. Did you know that that was going to be the key to fight him and to beat him? Or did that just, was was that something that came to you while you were in the ring? No, it was just something my father and I discussed. He was telling me, always telling me to be first. Don't sit there and be looking. Mm-hmm. Let your hands go and, and, and go from there. Yeah, because that jab really kept him away. Yeah, carrying that bay. Yeah, because you see Lennox Lewis uh, beat him that way. Even Evander beat him that way. And that was the way, just like if anyone wanted to beat Tyson after that, you really just kept him away, kept him from getting inside with that jab. So that was uh, that's very interesting that you kind of, you beat Tyson, but then also people copied you afterwards to beat him with the style. Correct. Yeah. Buster, where do you think the sport of boxing has grown since you've hung it up? And where do you think it's going? I think it's grown quite a bit. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it still, has, it still has a bright future. You know, being a, uh, a great sport that it is, you know, one-on-one individuals in there battle, battling it out. I think it has a, it's going to be around for a long time to come. That's for sure. What do you think about all the antics outside of the ring? That has grown a great deal. The yeah. entrance of, you know, entering the ring is very theatrical. Yes. You know, but it, all, it doesn't matter how you enter the ring is what you do once you get inside there. That that has never changed. But the theatrics leading up to it has gotten pretty exciting. But so I want to ask you, in that fight, you actually got knocked down, so you felt Tyson's power. With that, uh, with his famous uppercut that he puts so many heads to sleep with, stretch so many people out with. What does Mike Tyson's power feel like? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a force. You know, he has a lot of force behind it as well. The impact, you know, and it really it doesn't feel like you know you've really been hit. That's why it's so sweet and so sneaky. <laughs> it's not like you get crushed with it. It's a it's a sneaky type of feeling. You know, it's a delayed reaction. You know, it's kind of weird to describe it, but... Did he hit the hardest of anyone? No, not at all. Oh. I've been hit a lot harder, you know, before. Wow. Who hit harder than him? Well, I had a small partner that could hit pretty good. You know, he was like a cruiserweight. 
And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes some guys just have that and some don't. Wow. It wasn't the hardest that I had ever been hit. Let's talk about the fight this weekend between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. It's their third fight. These guys genuinely seem to hate each other. We were talking about antics out of the ring. Was there ever an opponent that you actually disliked like they do? Not really. Okay. You know, it was, it was, it's always been, for me, it was always the press. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my main <laughs> enemy, you know, because of never getting to getting acknowledged like I thought I should have been. But that's what kept me going mm-hmm. and that what led to me becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. Buster, in that Tucker fight, the press, speaking of the press, they created the storyline that you quit and then you got known as the quitter. Did you quit or was it just that you got tired or what happened there? You know, that really transpires right back in the beginning of training camp. It was a lot going on. It was not a smooth transition leading up to the fight. It was just a lot of madness going on within the camp. And it kind of just poured over into the fight. Because believe it or not, you have to have a controlled environment leading up to a fight. Everything's going smoothly. You know, you're working, focusing on training and preparing for your fight. But there was a lot of distractions leading up during that Tucker fight. And I think it just carried over into the ring. So it left a lot of doubt and a lot of misjudgments because of my performance. But I still felt determined that I knew I had had what it takes to become the heavyweight champion of the world. And it just made me even more determined once I came up short in that Tucker fight to come back and still obtain a childhood dream by becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. And afterwards you fought Evander and then Evander ended up beating Tyson easily twice. Did the boxing world know Evander was that dangerous? Do you think Tyson knew? What, what were your thoughts about Evander Holyfield at the time? I knew he was a great fighter and, you know, he had potential to be a great fighter and that, you know, he was a determined individual and you had to be on point, totally focused and at your best to go in there and compete against him. So I was well aware of that. That's why I accepted the challenge because I thought at the time I felt everything was going to be going as smoothly as ever, but it didn't work out like that. But it was still a great opportunity and, and I just, uh, I, mean, I did what I could at that time. Who hits harder, Mike Tyson or Evander Holyfield? I always said anybody that has over 200 pounds had a pretty good punch. <laughs> and so once you get hit, you get hit. So, you know, they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think the greatest heavyweight of all time is? I also have to always agree and say Muhammad Ali. I've always, he's always been one of my favorite fighters. And I've got a kind of prejudice towards Ali. Got a chance to meet him and hang out with him. He's pretty great. He was a great guy. When we look at other sports guys who are teammates, when they retire, they have a bond, kind of a fraternity. Does that exist in boxing so much? Are there guys who maybe you went against or just crossed paths with that you're friendly with to this day? Yeah, it's like that. You know, some guys that, you know, for me, it's not only in the heavyweight division, but it's in the other divisions as well. I had opportunities. I was a big fan of other guys and had opportunity to meet them and uh, got to know him and walked away like oh, he is a really great guy. So 
Yeah, that carries over in boxing as well. What do you think about um, MMA? Because I know you train young kids now. Do you feel like there's a lot of kids coming in who are training with boxing as one aspect of what they want to do? Well, the kids that I work with are strictly boxers. And uh, it's a joy because I see myself and a lot of them coming up at that young age because I started at 10, as a 10-year-old. Wow. And it's just like reliving it all over again, but I'm on the other end now. It's pretty exciting. I really enjoy it and uh, having a great time with them. You see any potential in any of them to maybe one day be the next Buster Douglas? I see it in all of them, really, one way or another. Oh. You know, it's just uh, they're exciting to be around and they're positive individuals. And uh, we all have a dream. So, you know, not to knock anyone's dream, you know, it's to enhance it and make it better. Hopefully it'll come true. What did you hate most about the media and the storylines they created? Did Was one of them that you hated that you didn't have the ferocity that your dad had or that you were a quitter? Like, what made you hate the media so much in what they said about you? I never hated the media. It was just everybody, their own opinion. Everybody's entitled to your own opinion. But it was just, uh, I never listened to them. You know, I could care less what they thought because I knew what was inside of me. And the people around me knew what I was able, capable of doing. And we just made the best of it. If nothing else, it was fuel for the fire. That seems to be a big part of your message and your mojo. That's such a great thing also to be teaching the kids that you're working with now about using that, harnessing that energy. I wanted to ask you again, the the fight this weekend, overall style-wise, who do you like to win, Fury or Wilder? I'll tell you, I would have to say Fury has an edge because he is a boxer. And Wilder has got a new trainer and I think he's changed his technique a little differently but we want to see how, how how far or how long he can sustain that because there's going to be a lot of pressure on, with Wilder on, on this fight, fighting Fury and having a new trainer and going into it with one ideal with a different aspect, but getting hit once the combat, once the fight starts and things start not, not going your way, is he going to maintain that ability to continue this new style or is he going to revert back to the old Wilder? Or it gets kind of wild and depends on that right hand to change things. It's going to be interesting, but it's going to be a lot of, a lot of weight on Wilder's shoulders. See if he can sustain this new technique and ability that he is, has been working on for the last few weeks. Everybody talks about the skills in boxing and the power, but there's also a mental aspect to it as well. Like you see when everyone fought Tyson, they look scared. When you saw Fury fight a Wilder for the first time, he looked a little scared of that right hand. But then in the second fight, he didn't look scared. How big a role does the fear and mental aspect play in approaching a fight when you enter the ring? Well, that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, my main point is maintaining that mental strength, staying focused, not getting overly excited. And get losing your losing the game plan because everybody walks in there with a game plan, but it's all it's all a matter of fact of once you get hit and get hit again and again, can you sustain that same mental toughness to where you can stay focused enough to weather that storm and come out with the same game plan and continue on, especially if it's working, everything's working for you, 
Because sometimes it doesn't work out in the earlier part of the fight, but you got 12 rounds to change things and, and have a different approach. But it's all about the mental toughness and, it's, and how you react to once you get hit and things don't look as clear and gets on the, or on the edge of the uh, spectrum where you might, might, might not want to stay focused and continue to believe in what you went into the ring with. It's all about mental toughness, and whoever sustains that in this fight coming up is going to be the winner. That's good insight. It's going to be a good one. You know, Buster, we always like to have some fun with our guests. And since you pulled off one of the greatest upsets of all time, we'd like to know what upsets you. So we're going to list some things that are common, everyday nuisances. And you tell us how upset that makes you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, the first one is when someone takes their shoes off on an airplane. How upset does that make you? <laughs> it doesn't bother me unless it's a bad odor. <laughs> you know, other than that, I'm fine. Okay. Okay, how about people talking very loud uh, on their speakerphone, on their cell phone in public? Well, that's pretty annoying, especially <laughs> when you're trying to get some rest. Like yep. you're on a plane or something like that, trying to sleep, and somebody's on the other behind you on the speakerphone, chit chatting all loud and unruly. That could be a very annoying. Yep. And then you hear all their business. I hate that too. Yeah, what about yeah. bad service at a restaurant? <laughs> oh, I hate that the most. Because when I go into a restaurant, I'm hungry. I'm yep. ready to eat a good meal <laughs> and relax and enjoy the company that I'm with. Yep. So that could be very annoying as well. Uh, man, this one's a tough one for me, but let's see how you feel about it. Long lines at the DMV. Nightmare. Yeah. I usually, I usually have somebody stand in line for me. Yeah, yeah. Until they get up to the, to the door and then I go in. Okay, what about when you pull up to a store and you're trying to park and someone has parked just so that you could have fit another car in, but they left too much room on both sides, so you can't park there. Nightmare. <laughs> I could be very, I could be a touchy situation. Yep. It's like you want to turn into the Incredible Hawk and slide the car over. <laughs> and I bet you could. <laughs> yeah, I could be very annoying. Buster, how about people leaving their shopping carts in the middle of a parking lot, you know, and they don't put the shopping cart back? That's really annoying, especially if you got a nice car. This one, yeah, it can easily start coming towards your car and tap your car and scratch it. Oof, not a good thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't mess with a man's uh -oh. car. That's right. Okay, this one my husband gets very mad at me about when I reach over and have a bite of his food. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's not so bad. That's nice. I see that. Yeah, sharing is caring, Olivia. Sharing is caring. Sharing yeah. is caring, exactly. That's what you <laughs> That's what I want to say. I'm going to make sure I tell my husband. How about when you drop in a deuce and you look over and there's no toilet paper? Someone forgot to replace the toilet paper. Well, that's very annoying. <laughs> very annoying. That upsets you. Yeah, that upsets you. That's all I'll speak on that. Yeah. Yeah. But I always check before I go in there anyway to make sure somebody was polite enough to make sure it was paper on the road before the next individual comes in. 
Okay, what about when people are talking at a movie theater and you can't hear the movie? That's not good. That's horrible. Oh yeah, they'll talk throughout the whole movie. Oh, here comes here comes the one scene. This scene. Oh yeah, look, this right here. This is what I was talking about. Watch this. Yeah, I was like, shut up. <laughs> Nightmare. Okay, Giannis, you pick the last one. Okay, the last one is how much does it upset you that Jake Paul is making the most money boxing right now? It doesn't upset me at all. It's like yeah. I'm on all the power to him, you know. It just it's just an individual that's found a pulse and he's taking total advantage of it. Yeah. Good for him. Do you have one more fight in you and will you fight Jake Paul and knock him out? I've always got one more fight in me. Yeah. As long as I'm able to walk and talk and breathe, I've always feel like I got another fight in me left. That is the perfect place to end. That's very inspiring. Your story is so inspiring. We appreciate you coming on, Buster. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. to this weekend's action. Let's go ahead and bring in BetMGM betting expert, Peter Andrew. And you know what, Peter? I guess your invite to Vegas this weekend got lost in the mail again. I keep thinking you've got more pull in the company than you do. So I don't, gosh, maybe next time. A lot of people think that, but I've come to realize I get about as much pull as the intern. Oh gosh, you'll be watching from home. We're going to be ringside at Wilder v. Fury this weekend in Las Vegas. The whole BetMGM family. I'm so excited. Give us a little preview of what bettors can expect and where they should put their money. Yeah, well, happened to be our newest BetMGM ambassador, Ariel Helwani, had a, an amazing interview with uh, with Tyson Fury a couple of days ago. I thought that showed us everything. He's super relaxed, Tyson. He just looks like he's ready for this fight. He's obviously been training, but you got. Deontay Wilder, who's a little bit on edge, the accusations from cheating from last fight, he still talks about it. I think Fury's coming in, just clear head, ready to roll. You know, first flight was a little bit of a fluke, in my opinion, being a draw, but I love Tyson Fury this weekend. I don't think it goes the distance. I like him minus 275. He had a little bit there to win just the fight outright, but minus 110 to win by either TKO, KO, DQ, etc. So... I really like him to finish probably within the four to six round window. But overall, he looks great. The Fury family as a whole, just they are superior boxers. Might see his, his brother against Jake Paul in a couple of months. But, but for now, Tyson takes care of it this weekend in Vegas. Did Dante Wilder's changing his coach change the lines at all? Did he come up at all? No, it was pretty much it, it stayed pretty status quo. I think Fury might have even been a bit more of a favorite last go round. But I think things have changed pretty consistently or, or stayed the same, I should say, pretty consistently throughout this one. I think it's a bit more lopsided than people may have thought a couple of years ago. So I expect that to be the case. You say the whole BetMGM family is going to be there, but, uh, you know, there was no invite for me to be ringside. So, Olivia, enjoy it while I watch it on television. <laughs> I will. Uh, so it's not just me who's the uh, is the odd man out. It's it's me and Yanis, both, both of us. It's great. It's, it's a Greek thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, gents, what do you say we move on to football? Looking ahead at this week, we always do our punishment picks. And Pete, you pick the three games for us. Let's go ahead and run down your slate. Punishment picks. Yep, so I think three pretty decent games. Definitely two of them. Third one, we'll see. Uh, Browns, Chargers, pick them right now. Chargers look really good against the Raiders. Uh, Browns have looked really good uh, entire season for the most part. What do you guys think there? I think the Chargers are the real deal. Beating the 3-0 and Raiders last week, shut out in the first half. That was a huge win. This is easy. Give me the Chargers. I'm going with the revitalized Cleveland Browns. So we disagree on this one, giving me a chance again to redeem myself. Second one, uh, this is the game I was talking about that I don't know how close it will be, but mm-hmm. always a rivalry game of the week. Giants plus seven against the Cowboys. So Cowboys touchdown favorite. What do you guys think there? Cowboys look great. They lead the division. They've won three straight since their Thursday night opener against Tampa. They've racked over 400 yards of offense in three of their four games. They have so many ways to do it. So many weapons. I like the boys by a touchdown and I'd probably even take that if it went up to 10 or more. I like the Giants. This is one time where my heart and head could line up nicely. The Giants look great. A couple of weeks ago, I remember even Peter, you saying you don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. He, it looks like he heard you and he took it personally. He looks great. Absolutely great. Saquon is finally looking great. They're letting him run. The Giants look amazing. Defense is coming through. New York is coming back. Build back better, baby. I mean, by now, I think you guys know that I'm a mush. So whatever you want to happen, just let me know the opposite and it'll come to fruition. Okay. This is every week now. <laughs> Last game. So big one. I believe this is Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Bills plus two and a half against the Chiefs. What do you guys like there? Rematch of the AFC Championship. That is so good. It's going to be more drama on Sunday night football as if they didn't get enough last week. The Chiefs covered last week in their win over Philly for the first time since week eight last season in a regular season game. I don't trust the Chiefs to cover. I don't know if it stays under six. I'm in on the spread right now or the Chiefs to win outright money line. But look, Chiefs make me nervous. They're my team. They're my AFC team. I don't think they're going to cover too big a number because they kind of have a habit of playing with their food. They make these games hard on themselves. The offense has such a high ceiling when everything's clicking. I think they might get Josh Gordon at wide receiver this week for a big body target for Mahomes, but their defense is not good. Again, take this number low, two and a half. I'll take Chiefs. Wow. Listen, this is what makes this fun. This is the only time me and Olivia are going to disagree on all three. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am going with Buffalo. From this point on, I don't think they're going to lose a game. The city of Buffalo needs this. You know, there's no city in the NFL that needs this team to win more. Buffalo, I'm behind you. New York all the way this weekend, baby. Woo. Yeah, Buffalo, I mean, last week, uh, granted, they were playing the Texans, but pretty impressive. I think 42, 43, nothing, something like that. So it's going to be a good one on Sunday night for sure. Well, thanks so much, Peter. Don't forget to go to BetMGM on Twitter on Monday to place your bad beat of the week. If you agree or disagree with any of our picks, don't be mad at us. Be mad at the system and get 100 bucks from BetMGM. We'll announce the winning bad beat next week. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you find your podcasts. 
Giannis, why don't you go ahead and bring it home this week since you lost our punishment picks? Ah, uh, yeah, this is uh, look, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> this is more of a fluke, people. So I want you to know this is a fluke. OK, I will be back next week. Don't you stress it. But thank you for listening as always. And hey, Queens, it's me, Yanni Poppy. You probably recognize me from local pumpkin patches or sipping PSLs at Starbucks. Anything with super cute fall feels because I am hashtag too blessed to be stressed. Yas. I like watching The Real Housewives on my 75-inch screen in my man cave and listening to podcasts that break down all the juicy Housewives drama. Specifically, watch what crappens live. I am so glad Olivia let me come on her show every week so I can try to soak up some of her vast knowledge. Mm. I love following her on Twitter at Olivia Decker and on Instagram at Olivia Harlan Decker. She actually has two Instagram accounts, guys. So make sure you follow both so you can try to soak up some of her awesomeness. Also, Olivia, I have to say, you are simply superior in all things. Thank you. Thank you for being you. That's our show, which is really just all you. We'll see you cool cats and kittens next week. Now I leave you with a song. I could be brown. I could be blue. I could be violet sky. I could be hurtful. I could be purple. I could be anything you like. I could be anything you like. Gotta be green. Gotta be mean. Gotta be everything more. Why don't you like me, Olivia? Why don't you like me? Why don't you walk out the door? With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? Uh, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.